Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. We hope it encourages you to live and love like Jesus. Hello, my name is Carol Furchak, and I will be reading today from Philippians 1, 3 through 11. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I will always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart, and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and in depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless in the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Carol, thank you for reading the scripture today. We appreciate you doing that. So we're nine days into the new year, and there are some people still clinging to New Year's resolutions. Right? Still trying to make it happen. We make these resolutions because we think of things we want to, something we want to do differently, we want to do better, we want to learn something new. We have these resolutions going into the new year. But you know what? This year feels a little different. I don't know about you, but I was just glad for 2021 to be over right and kind of almost the feeling of anything will be better in the next year just glad it's a new year i think a lot of people go into a new year with some sense of hope even if there's not specific resolutions that you set go into it with hope that things will be better things are looking up somehow things will improve in your life that's i think that's truly what we want to do But there's always some folks, of course, uh, and this is a good thing, that look at the new year and think, you know, we really ought to to go to church more often, or we really ought to get more involved in church, or church should be more of a priority in the new year, something like that. Sure, I mean, that's, that's, that's very normal. A lot of folks do that. But I think for any resolution to really work, you know, for us to really hang in there, I think uh, we have to be really clear on the why question of any resolution, but certainly about church. Why go to church? Why go to church? I mean, there's a range of reasons why people go to church, right? I mean, for some people, you were raised that way from childhood, and so on Sunday, you get up and you go to church, just like on Monday, you get up and you go to work. It's just what you do, and you wouldn't know what to do otherwise if you didn't go to church. For some, uh, that's where their friends are. Church is where their friends are, and so very, very important to go to church, to be able to be with their friends, and, you know, maybe afterwards go to lunch or brunch together. There's some folks that it's, it, you start going to church when you start having kids. I've had uh, people told, uh, over the years, I've had young adults tell me that they really never, they hadn't been to church since they were children. But once they started having children, they thought, you know, we ought to go back to church. Sometimes somebody goes through a crisis or a tragedy, and they need help and hope and support care and so they turn to the church some folks come just because a spouse or significant other wants them to come 
lot of different reasons. None of them are wrong. None of them are right. They're just they're different reasons, right? We all engage that a little bit differently. And in any collection of folks in worship, you have varying levels of engagement with church. I mean, some folks are uh, heavily, heavily invested in the life of the church, and they volunteer numerous hours during the week, and some don't. So we have varying degrees of engagement. I think, I think part of why a lot of times we think, I, I want to go to church, I want to get more involved, those kinds of things into a new year, I think, I think part of that why is this deep longing we all have to, to not only believe in something larger than ourselves, be engaged in something beyond ourselves. I think we have that deep desire to do that, and we believe, hope, that we find that in a relationship in church. And certainly to be able to connect to other people in meaningful ways and doing meaningful activities. I think we all feel that. So when we think about church, with all the different motivations for attending and for all the uh, the levels of engagement, you know, that question of what is it that unifies us? What unifies the church? Because a lot of people are here for a lot of different, <coughs> excuse me, reasons. <clears throat> you know, and I, when I think of it that way, I think, well, there's, there's a lot of people that say they have, a, they have a membership at that big box store where they can go and buy 144 rolls of toilet paper in one package, right? I have a membership there because I can go somewhere and get what I want. So at a church, though, you think there's got to be something deeper, deeper than that. So sometimes we think it's membership. But it's not really membership per se, because, because well, if, with membership, churches don't exist to create members. Churches don't exist to create church members. Membership is important, and it's a great way to exercise your faith and to deepen your faith and to get engaged in the life of the church. You bet. It's very, it's very important in that way. It's a means to an end, though. Churches exist to create disciples. A disciple, a disciple, someone who is a follower of Jesus Christ. That simple. That's, what, that's why the church exists, create followers of Jesus Christ. To be a, a faithful and growing follower. That there's that when we talk about discipleship, we're talking about growing and expanding our sense of following Christ in our lives. And so today we begin a new series. To begin to talk about some of these things. A new series, Words into Actions. Words into Actions. So I've, let me tell you kind of how this arose for me. Uh, three or four months ago when I was thinking about what message series do we need to do early in the new year uh i just kept thinking about that statement that we have as a church right that statement uh, we seek to be a joyful community that strives to live and love like jesus that was adopted uh, by this church six or seven years ago and i've been here four and a half years and i realized I don't, we've never really done a teaching on that. We've never really done a, a focus on that. What does that really mean? And so that's what this series will, will address, is what does that really mean? And we're going to explore it in a, in a variety uh, of ways. And, and through this series, I'll be inviting you to consider uh, what are the ways that you invest in being part of a joyful community that strives to live and love like Jesus in our lives. 
So the scripture that we're going to look at is going to be in the book of Philippians. That was the passage Carol read just a little bit ago. She read from the first chapter of the book of Philippians. We're going to stay in Philippians for this whole series. Uh, for a lot of uh, good reasons, I'll say more as, as we go, but it's a Paul's letter to the Christians in the church at Philippi. It's an important letter in the book of the Bible, in the, in the Bible and we're going to be uh, looking through that. So let's, let's look at that for just a little bit. So one of the things that you have to note is that what Carol started in verse 3. If you go back to verse 1, it says, "...to all those in Philippi who are God's people in Christ Jesus." along with your supervisors and servants. Now, supervisors and servants, you, in, in our lingo today, in our context, we might say pastors and staff members. But it's clear he's, he's aiming this at the entire congregation. This, this is not just, hey, leaders, you need to know this. Other letters of Paul do that. But this one is not. This one is like for everybody in the church. So any time you see in the book of Philippians, you, Y-O-U, it's plural. It's never singular. It's always intended for the whole of the congregation. And certainly when you read it, you hear Paul's joy. Just tremendous, deep joy. He loves this congregation clearly, and they love him. And so this letter, the way those letters functioned, especially a letter like this, Paul would write a letter to a, to a congregation and, uh, and so the, the pastor, use our term, terminology, uh, would in worship say, so I have a letter from Paul. And the way they were so affectionate with each other, I'm sure, they were all like, oh, Paul, yay, we love Paul. What does Paul have to say? And so then he would read the letter, the whole letter, to the congregation. So it was intended for everybody, and it was a great moment of joy for everyone as he read it. And now, throughout Philippians, and this would be true in other Bible passages as well, there you see reflected values and practices that are important in terms of what it means to be a disciple, to live in love like Jesus. There are, there are, there are values and practices. And so just, just to be real clear, I mean, you, you know this from the workplace uh, or from organizations you're a part of, talk about core values and things like that. I mean, values are those characteristics that are particularly important to and reflective of the congregation. Characteristics, qualities that are important, really important to a congregation. And of course, the practices are the actions and behaviors that demonstrate the values. So that if, the, if, if a congregation said compassion is a high value for us, well, you would see compassion in them. They would see them doing it exhibiting it, behaving that way. So we see a value uh, here in this passage that I want to lift up that's important for us uh, as to be a joyful community. And it's in verse 8, where there's just that, that short sentence where he says, you are all my partners in God's grace. Partners. Now, often that word, when it gets translated from Greek to English, gets translated fellowship. Now, that's a kind of a churchy word. I mean, often when you think, you hear somebody, especially in a university setting, they talk about getting a fellowship. Well, they're talking about something completely different, right? In the church world, many churches have a very large room they call the fellowship hall. And when they have uh, maybe the, the time between the worship services, they call fellowship time. Or some group within the church decides they're going to have a fellowship event. And so what we think about it is these, these kind of get-togethers. 
that we chat with each other in, in you know, nice ways. We're not debating, we're just, we're just together. We're sipping coffee in the foyer, kind of a thing. That's fellowship. But the word that Paul uses here in this translation is partners. Because Paul means something far deeper than just kind of having a jovial time with each other. He's talking about, he's talking about koinonia. That's the Greek word, koinonia. And we often hear that word and we think that means fellowship. It's way more than that. And there's even churches. You may drive down the street and see a church named Koinonia Church. But it, it's, it's deeper than that. It's about partners. It's about partnering together, engaged and invested in an enterprise together. So, so imagine you want to start some kind of organization. You want to start a business, you, whatever it is. And so you get some of your best friends and you say, we're, we're, let's, let's all do this and we'll, we'll put up the upfront money We'll be the employees or the organizers or the, or the main workers, whatever it is. We're going to do this together. That's the kind of partnership that Paul is talking about. Partners. So the value is, it's relationships, but it's not just friendly chatter. It's a partnership. These relationships that are a partnership to be reflected in the church. So, this has got to get demonstrated somehow, right? It's got to get demonstrated somehow. So he says in verse 11, I pray that you will then be filled with the fruit of righteousness which comes from Jesus Christ in order to give glory and praise to God. The practice where you begin to see this, this critical thing, is in worship. If, you want, if someone ever says, what is worship? It's giving glory and praise to God. That's what it is. So worship, this, this is, uh, so, uh, so us, uh, we're here for different reasons, we're here at different levels of engagement, but when we sing songs to God, when we, uh, when we pray, we read the scripture, we give, we, all those things are acts of worship, that's our behavior that instills in us the partnership that we all have together. So this practice is critical to partnering relationships where we can truly seek to be a joyful community that strives to live in love like Jesus. So I'll tell you about, uh, through this series, I'll tell you anecdotes of experiences I've had in churches, and they won't be about this church, so you don't know any of these people. Don't, don't worry, don't sit there and think, now who's he talking about? You don't know. You don't know. So one... Uh, one day we had a, a gathering of people who, were in, who had been visiting our church, were interested in our church in another city, and uh, afterwards the gentleman came up to me and he just said, he said, well, hey, thanks for the time here, this is really informative, but I want to let you know I'll, I'll never be a member of your church. Okay. Uh, and I said, uh, anything in particular? He said, well, I come because, uh, he said his wife, this was really important to her. Not only for her to come to church, but that he would be with her. And so, would you please come to church? So he said, sure, because it's important to you, I'll go. But he said, I, but I won't be a member of your church because I'm an atheist. Okay. I said, well, that's okay. Well, you're, you're welcome to be here. You're welcome to participate in things. And he said, along the way, I may have some questions. I mean, this, I have found this to be true more than once. He said, I may have some questions because I've read through the Bible twice. I have, I have, one of the truisms is I have found 
people who say they're agnostic or atheist sometimes have read more of the Bible than Christians. Kind of interesting. And I said, well, you're, you're welcome to be here, participate, do whatever, whatever things you want to participate in. Just know you're welcome here. And he said, okay, great. So they, they're there every Sunday, every Sunday, every Sunday. And so one, one Sunday he says, uh, hey, I noticed, you know, there's that, that area in our meditation garden over there that it just, I know things don't grow so well there, and I don't know why that is, but could I take that on? Sure, go for it. I'd see him out there uh, every week. He'd be out there part of a day working on things. So along the way, I, I'd, we'd made some announcement about uh, serving uh, the homeless population in that particular city, and he came up and he said, I, th- I think that's just really important. Could I do that too? I said, yes, absolutely. We're going to sign you up. Yeah, let me get you in contact with the right person. Eventually, he came on to be our coordinator of that ministry. Then another day he comes to me and he says, you know what, my family, we, we, have, we have a small foundation and we, we can give away a little bit of money every year. And, and, but I just I wanted to ask you, where are some good places we could invest our money that would really make a difference in organizations? Okay, so we had that conversation. And I'll never forget the day that we were having a worship service, and I, uh, well, I, I think my memory is that it was a, a Maundy Thursday or Holy Thursday, the Thursday before Easter. And we were uh, doing the worship service. It was time for people to take communion and that was back when we you know they'd come forward and they would come forward to kneel to receive communion and I wasn't where he was but I saw him come up and kneel for communion first time I mean for him this really began to mean something this wasn't just something I go do This was something he had discovered deep in his soul to connect to the presence of God and to connect a meaningful service with others. When I think about what it can look like for someone to really, really engage in this life of following Christ, I think of, well, his name, not his name, but I think of Larry. I think of him. That even though he started with, I'm an atheist, it wasn't long till he was pretty fully engaged in following Christ. So, we all have different reasons and motivations to be involved in church, to be online today. We have uh, different levels of engagement with church. But I hope, I hope you know that, that part of the role of the church is to create the environment and provide the resources for you to take more and more steps in following Christ. That we would be faithful to what God intends for us and that we would be serving the people around us. And so then our response would be to commit to this life, whether you're a member or not, to commit to it. I will follow Christ in my life and I will follow more closely. That's truly we're in this together. It is a partnership. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close the message with a prayer, and I'm going to pray the prayer that Paul does for the Philippians that Carol read just a little bit, a bit ago, uh, verses 9 through 11. So let's pray. 
This is my prayer, that your love might be even more and more rich with knowledge and all kinds of insight. I pray this so that you will be able to decide what really matters, and so you will be sincere and blameless on the day of Christ. I pray that you will then be filled with the fruit of righteousness, which comes from Jesus Christ, in order to give glory and praise to God. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. You are invited to worship with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website, mysumc.org. Have a blessed day.